Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and your professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths. And together with my amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights, and they're meant to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must-listen, and again, it's because of my guests. So whether you're tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development, get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. So driven by his passion for using technology to drive social good and his commitment to transparency and innovation and philanthropy, my guest Chase Harmer founded Wishes, Inc. And his goal was to revolutionize, it's an important word, revolutionize charitable giving, making it more transparent, efficient, and meaningful. And Chase wanted donors to see the direct impact of their contributions and to have a say and how their donations were being used. So by building a platform that enhances trust between donors and recipients, he sought to close the gap between those eager to help and those in need, thereby creating a world where generosity really is limitless. So Witches Inc. now stands as a vibrant community focused on addressing global challenges, emphasizing the importance of transparency, and again, accountability and philanthropy. Chase, welcome to your partner in Success Radio. Yours oh. is a really, it's a fascinating journey. We had a pre-interview that had me scribbling notes. So before I, we get started, could you tell us a bit about yourself, including what motivated you to pursue these interests and how your journey began? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Denise. Uh, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, I, you know, I started my entrepreneurial journey, uh, young at 19, uh, but I always landed in the payments industry when I was, uh, when I was at 19 years old. And, um, usually in the payments industry, you're either on one side of the equation, you're either in the acquiring side, which is what merchants use to accept credit card transactions, or you're on the card issuing side, which is, could be business or consumer related where they're you know, issuing cards and people are making transactions. And um, really what I was able to do is start building technology in 2014 that uh, enabled both sides of the equation. And we started building supply chains for for businesses. Um, and what I mean by that is um, when uh, a consumer buys the transaction, we would pay the supplier with that that same transaction. And, and usually uh, the retailers would play the middleman, kind of like uh, Booking.com or Expedia.com, where they're not the actual supplier, but uh, they make a cut of that transaction and uh, they're the platform or the marketplace, if you will. And so we started building that technology back in 2013, 2014. Um, and after that platform uh, you know, was acquired and I left that company, um, we start, I started giving to charities more often. And um you know, and then really kind of, I, I always wanted to understand the impact that my donations were making. I'd walk into a grocery store, any grocery store, and everybody can relate to this, any grocery store, any convenience store, um, you know, they all ask for some sort of roundup at this point, but actually nobody knows where that actually, where that money's going or how it's being utilized. And so I think it's just becoming a jaded marketplace where retailers are just asking for donations, but no one actually ever know, understands how that money is being utilized. And I, I just got tired of seeing that. Um, I got tired of every store asking for me for that and uh, not ever understanding those dollars. And I always just wanted to understand my dollars as a donor. You know, when there's a crisis that happens, like the Maui fires or the California fires, or, you know, um, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, the floods that are happening if you if you watch the news and you're on planet earth you, you probably see a lot of this stuff happening on a weekly basis and you want to help those causes or crises the problem is that most charities and even the best ones like you know the red cross they're they're a huge, gigantic charity um the reality is is that when you donate money towards a cause that emotionally tied you to that cause like 
let's say Maui fire or, or some flood in Texas or California, you want to help these people. The reality is, is when you put money into a pot of a large charity, those dollars don't actually get allocated towards what you're looking to be impactful about. And so what I wanted to do was solve that problem because as a donor, we're emotionally, people give to people, right? You, you emotionally give to something that you want to help. Um, and if you're donating into a pot and those dollars aren't actually being allocated towards what you're emotionally tied to, then I don't know, me as a donor, I, I, I don't want to live in a world where I can't actually help the causes that I want to impact. And uh, I just sought out to solve that problem and make it uh, make it easier for me as a donor to actually always understand those dollars. And uh, as a byproduct of that, I think help uh, millions of other donors understand their dollars as well. So, and thank you for doing that. Listen, I donate to some causes, but I vet them very carefully because I I want to know what's happening with my money. Is it going to buy Adidas shoes for their team members? I mean, you just don't know. And I'm just natively suspicious about almost everything. So I'm always saying, hmm, where is that? And the Red Cross is not a donation for me any longer hasn't been for a while but and for a lot of reasons I mean I think that they set out to do good work I'm not sure that they always manage it and I also don't like to see gigantic amounts of money going to a CEO I, I yeah, just yeah. I find that a bit offensive I really look I get that they work hard I understand it but you know I live where we have hurricanes six months out of the year I know where those dollars need to go and right. oftentimes they don't. So, yeah, that's just a, a little mini rant of mine, but, and you're right. I go into the grocery store or Dollar Tree and they want me to round up. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is for the kids. Like, what yeah. Kids what kids? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the kids. other part of that that people probably don't realize is that when they say, hey, we gave $30 million, they're getting a huge tax write off for that, but they didn't yeah. actually donate any money. Um, you know, all the customers did, you know, that's also the loophole that I think people don't realize or even take into consideration is that the business is actually getting a massive write-off for the customer's contributions. Let's talk about that because I don't think people do know that and I'm only vaguely aware of it. So yeah. can you expand a bit on that? Well, yeah. So, I mean, just take any, so when you, when you go, let's just take, you go to the grocery store, they ask you for a roundup, you, you put your dollar in or you put your change in, right? But there's millions of consumers. If you take like a CVS or like a big chain, like a Raley's or uh, Kroger's, you know, that has, you know, like dang near 10,000 locations, you know, um, you know, you, you collect 75 cents or 25 cents from every customer that adds up into millions of dollars, right? And because uh, there's tens of thousands of transactions on a daily basis. And so at the end of the day, when you see a commercial six months later, hey, we donated because they, they all they all every retailer wants to be seen as the hero because why we're all connected to, oh, yeah, they're a good company. We should be supporting them. Right. So the reality is, is that when they actually collect all this money, um, they're actually saying that they did it when reality is, is they took, uh, you know, contributions from millions of consumers and claimed it as their own because you don't get a tax write-off when you donate 25 cents you don't get a tax write-off when you donate a dollar on that receipt you're basic they're just putting it as part of that uh that total tab that you actually spent money on. so if you spent a hundred dollars at the grocery store now it's a hundred hundred and one dollars you're seeing it as 101 dollars and and they are the same right so they're taking that dollar they're putting it in a pot if they're putting it in a pot and then they're actually uh, you know, donating this to wherever that's going. And then they're actually getting that massive tax write-off from whatever that charity is. And uh, that's just the reality is that consumers don't actually see any of that tax deductibility. It's all the re the, the commercial retailer is. So and that makes sense. And you'll see it online. You know, I tend to do most of my shopping online and every Saturday, Walmart delivers my groceries. Thank you, Walmart. But they always want me <laughs> to, you know, you know, do you want to round up? No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think. No, reality, but I'm not going yeah. to do it. I don't know where that money's going. It could be going right. to the Teamsters for all I know. Right. Well, I mean, CBS had an $800 million fine, um, which most okay. people don't know about because they were misusing some of those funds. And so I think, you know, on a bigger level, um, nobody's looking, 
nobody's paying attention and nobody actually knows because that's really all going into one bucket. You know, at the end of the day, it's all going into one bucket. It's going into that retailer's bucket. Um, I'm not sure how they separate that out, you know, because really when they settle out that transaction for your $101, it's still $101. I mean, how, how are they even accounting for yeah. that extra dollar in their system? How right? do they split so, that out? Right. But nobody knows that. Right. And so I think when nobody's looking and you have uh, thousands of retail locations and uh, it's hard, I guess probably would be harder for them to not put their hand in the cookie jar if nobody knows. Right. And so, you know, CVS got in trouble for that. And uh, I did not know that. I'm going to have to look for that. But listen, I'm of two minds here, Chase, I have to say, because I'm of the, the one part of me says, Look, if I donate something or I give it to you, once that money is out of my hands, it's really not my concern. Sure. Part of me goes, oh, yeah, it is. Because, and I'm not talking about giving a homeless person or, you know, somebody says, I just ran out of gas. Can you help? You bet. Did they go buy a bottle of whiskey? Don't know. It's not my business. I gave the money. But the other part of me, when you see just hundreds of thousands millions actually of money just kind of trickling into these giant pots you have to wonder you really yeah well i mean let's let's take that let's take that homeless man example i think this is a good example to exemplify the point really is that our thesis at wishes is that if people understood where their money went uh, they'd give more and more often so if we take that if we take that homeless man example right um, and he's like, hey, you know, we'll work for food or we give me money or whatever his sign says. You know, if you knew, if you absolutely knew that he was going to use your five bucks or 10 bucks that you gave him or a dollar or whatever uh, for food, the chances of you giving him that money are higher or lower? Much higher. In fact, you take right. him to the restaurant and feed him. Exactly. Right. So, you know, if you absolutely knew that those dollars were going to be used in the right way, you were way more likely to give him that money. And I think that is the reality of what we've created is that we're not trying to, you know, say, hey, you're bad charities, you're a bad charity. Like there's a lot of great charities out there. And there's, you know, I think if you look at uh, the charity, Charity Water, right, Uh, which basically they're like, hey, you don't know us. Um, give to the mission. If you know us, then you know that we have a real operation. We have real costs and we we have, uh, please donate to the admin too, right? Because charities work like a business. They have people, they have real costs, but they're trying to support that mission. I think that's really what we're doing is we're saying, hey, listen, the biggest, the biggest question that most donors have is what goes to admin? What goes to impact? And that was my question. And if I want, it should be my choice, Right. If I'm donating, if I believe in your charity and I believe in your mission, there's a trust there. Right. And hey, listen, I understand that you have a business. I understand you have people costs. That should be my prerogative to determine whether I want to donate towards the charity to like, you know, help the overall, uh, you know, mission and the execution of that mission. Or I just want to, you know, help that impact where like you look at a Maui fire and you're like, hey, listen, I don't want to just put it in this huge pot. I want to make sure that my dollars are allocated towards something you know, to someone, some family or, you know, uh, rebuilding X, Y, Z, you know, as opposed to putting it in the pot and then letting them decide where those dollars go. Exactly. And as I said, living in, I call it Hurricane Alley. It's not, we're just, I live on the Gulf. I mean, I'm 15 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. Right. We're going to have hurricanes. That's just the nature of things. And we tend to, at least people that I know here, we tend to donate directly. We'll find the people that need the help. We'll find, you know, the the kitchens that need help. We're not going right. to go to a giant conglomerate of a charity sure. and hope that somebody in our local neighborhood gets a new fence built. We're just not. Sure. sure. But I mean, I think even in most, so if you look at a traditional crowdfunding platform today, let's just say the GoFundMe, right? If you donated to somebody, some cause, it's like, hey, Tommy broke his arm. Now, you don't actually know, once those dollars are allocated into a bank account, you don't actually know how Tommy's mother or family spent mm-hmm. that those dollars. And it would be nice to know that you actually helped, you know, change or, you know, change that outcome. And you never really know um, 
how you change or impacted that outcome. And I think that's really the problem that I want to solve because there's no connection. You know, we emotionally give to people in stories that we care about. And if you're giving because you're like, hey, I know you, blah, but you just never know the outcome afterwards. Like, where's the connection, right? You don't actually know that you help solve the problem. You're just putting money into a pot and it's almost like, you know, giving to a charity where you just really don't understand how it's being utilized. It'd be nice to know that, you know, hey, oh yeah, I did make a difference. Hey, this did, this helped uh, with a portion of that medical bill. Hey, this helped put groceries on their table. Hey, this, and you can actually understand that without, without actually asking the, the wisher, hey, how did you spend that money? How did that help? Yeah. You don't actually, you don't have to go don't back. Do it's like when you go to get coffee and then they ask you for a tip, you know, you're like, uh, okay, uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, but, you know, you should be able to just understand, right? Or just make those decisions on your own and, and uh, without actually having to pry. And uh, right. it should be a choice. Yeah. And coffee if you just handed me a cup of coffee you're not getting a tip <laughs> but you know Don't it's ask. funny because you get a you be every cup every time you go to starbucks or any other place they go well you want to offer a tip it's like dude you just you just pull the lever like you know um i don't know if i should give you a buck right but but uh, people I always just want to say I'm not Santa Claus. The answer is no. I don't okay. say it, but I just politely decline. <laughs> but the, they're Jeez. watching you put the tip in. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's just an uncomfortable situation, right? You don't really want to ask yeah. like, hey, did Tommy, do you get your, you know, you'd like to just understand, hey, did, did this help? Like, did this make an impact? That's the connection, right? That's the connection I think you're all looking for. You either have time or you have money, right? And if you don't have time to go out and volunteer and uh, put in the legwork to actually do the work if we, you could see the benefit of your actions, right? Um, when you were giving dollars, um, you know, the connection really that makes you, the true connection of giving dollars is understanding how it's being utilized. So that way you understand that you made a difference. And it's not about, hey, like, I don't believe that you're going to misuse it. It's like, hey, I just want to understand like that I made a difference, right? I mean, why the dollars, you know, it's like, you know, exactly. if you don't understand, right? So, so Chase, can you explain how Wishes provides full transparency on the use of donated funds? Because that's really what we're talking about here. You know, why we donate and why we're curious about where that money really is going and did it help? Because sure. it's an emotional thing. When I donate, you know, I donate to a lot of pet charities because mm -hmm. they need it, by golly. They do. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but I'm also have watched how these people, they're pretty transparent. Yeah. I'm no, watching I mean, you know, what they're doing. They need cat food. Send me your, look, send me a link. I'll Amazon it to you. You know, right. right. So that's a great example. So like I'll Amazon it to you. So what we wanted to do is put the whole life cycle of a transaction into one app. How do you do that? Well, the first thing that I wanted to solve was, you know, some of the reasons is like, that people donate is, you know, if you look at the end, end of the year giving, like 10% of all giving happens at the end of the year. Why people want a tax benefit from that? You don't know, you typically will not get a tax benefit from a crowd, any crowdfunding platform in the market today. GoFundMe, any of those platforms, they don't, they're not set up as a nonprofit. So you can't actually get that tax deductibility. First and foremost, all the, we have, a there's a separate 501c3 public charity. All the donations go through the 501c that it governs the impact of the donation. So Specifically, anytime that you donate to a cause, charity, crisis, whatever that is, um, the non the nonprofit, the public charities is governing the impact of that transaction. That's its sole purpose. And so you always get that tax deductibility. So no matter what charity you're, you're donating towards um, in wishes, which we are connected to all existing charities, you're always you have one dashboard where you can manage all of your tax deductibility, all of your receipts and all your giving for the year. That's, that's step one. So step two is we actually turn those donations into a virtual MasterCard. So we didn't want to change user behavior. Everybody's used to going to the store and utilizing their phone uh, to make a purchase at Target or Walmart or wherever, right? Um, the supermarket. And uh, people utilize their phone for apps and, and these other types of purchases. So let's just take a, the Maui example uh, or uh, as an example, the Maui fires. So there's a lot of people there that needed to fly out of there because their house burned down or they wanted to go stay with their family in California instead of Hawaii because the island was a mess or they needed groceries for their family 
Um, so they needed a hotel or they needed an airline ticket or they needed groceries or they needed a ride share because their car got burned up, whatever that is, right? Um, you can actually specifically donate to a category like, hey, I want to help this family with a room tonight because they don't have a house. You can actually donate towards a hotel category. Um, and we turn those cards into uh, a virtual, we turn those donations into that that the donor makes into a virtual MasterCard. And we push those directly to that wisher story. So if you think about GoFundMe where people create a story or charities create a story, they would actually have a story, but instead of receiving cash into their bank account, they receive a virtual MasterCard, okay? That can be used immediately. Um, and that also helps speed up the timeline of deliverables because GoFundMe takes about 10 days to receive funding um, because of the way that they get the funds transferred. Um, Instagram takes about 45 days. If you've ever donated to a charitable cause on Instagram, it's take about 45 days for anybody to get cash there. Oh, you're uh, kidding. And Facebook takes about 90 days. They only allocate funds every quarter. So I do not know. I yeah, don't I, know that. I either, either of those and now I never will. So yeah. So we turn those we turn those dollars into usable virtual MasterCards. And then on the other side of our platform where the wishers are, we call wishers people people or causes or crises charities that create stories that need resources and funds allocated. Um, they're actually instantly pushed into our shopping portal, which is connected to thousands of retailers. And think about everywhere that you spend money today. You said Amazon, Amazon, Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, you know, uh, Sam's Club, Costco, all of the places that you can potentially spend money, uh, big box retailers, Office Depot, you know, um, all the categories are covered there. Um, you can instantly take those that uh, PetSmart, things like this for pets, you know, you wanted to buy food for the cats or the dogs or and then send it over to the charity. You can actually instantly, um, you can take those dollars that are on that virtual MasterCard, push them, you can spend them directly into the shopping portal and you can instantly get those services and, uh, and per uh, products purchased and delivered, you know? So um, I, at the end of the day, we kind of, built the whole uh, life cycle of the transaction. And then once those dollars are spent inside of the market, those donors are able to understand the, how those dollars are spent. So if you take Nick, for example, um, we'll, we use the Red Cross again, just because it's so big. Um, you know, when dollars come in, when you put $20 into a, a bucket, it's impossible for a charity to tell you how those $20 were spent. First of all, because it's blended in with potentially tens of thousands of other transactions, right? But when you're donating directly into a cause and wishes, it's first dollars in, first dollars out. So if you're if you've donated, you're the twentieth or hundredth or one thousandth person to donate into uh, a campaign, and there's let's just say ten thousand dollars into this campaign for this wisher story, whether that's a charity cause or crisis. Once once that you know once once your $20 has been spent, we can tell you exactly how it was been spent, when it's been spent, and what it was spent on. And uh, you can always understand um, these, you know, the the impact that you made because they'll actually, the, the wishers update their stories. And, you know, you don't even have to actually spend. You don't actually have to be involved in wishes. You don't actually have to contribute to a story. You can also send messages and prayers uh, to people inside of the platform too, so. And, you know, people, listen, those are helpful, believe it or not. Sometimes people just don't have extra cash. You know, we're all worried right now about the price of groceries and gas and everything else. And But sometimes you just want to say, hey, we're thinking of you, we're praying for you. That right. makes a difference. Right. And I think that's a way for people to get into the matrix, right? So we want people to just be involved. So whether or not you can, you can financially contribute to a story, we want you to be able to participate if if you feel like you want to, right? And I think that we bring you into the matrix um, so that way you can, you know, contribute um, outside of the financial realm of, uh, you know, what's traditionally done as a donation. You can actually send positive, um, you know, affirmations and prayers and messages to uh, people that you want to help that you may not be able to financially contribute to. Right. So I have to ask you, because I don't really know how this all works just yet. And that's why I'm asking sure so many questions so sure. wishers you know are these you know charitable institutions are they individuals who can be a wisher 
they could be either, right? They could be oh. a cause, a charity. So we can va we validate all of the uh, charities instantaneously through our platform. So we're connected to Candid and we can validate the, uh, you know, we can verify the validity of a, of a charitable organization. So nobody can just set up a charitable organization. Mm -hmm. Additionally, if somebody wanted to raise funds on behalf of a charitable organization, we essentially connect to those charitable organizations. So if an influencer or somebody that has a uh, a following wanted to set up a, a fundraiser for, you know, we'll say Maui fires or one of the floods or something like this, or a tornado in Florida, they could actually do that. And uh, all those funds would be allocated to whatever charity uh, they wanted it to go to. And we connect directly to those charities and then we account for all those dollars and how they're spent. Um, but a wisher, and this is the benefit of you know us being a nonprofit, a public, uh, a public, a public five hundred one c three is, you know, the reason why people can't get a tax deductibility when they donate to an individual story through a crowdfunding platform like GoFundMe is because they're set up as a for profit, and um, you can't donate to an individual and get a tax write off um, that way. The only way to do it is to actually donate into a public five hundred one c three like ours. And then that public 501c3 governs the governs the impact of that transaction, and that makes it tax deductible. So a wisher could be an individual, um, an individual. Uh, a, a wisher could be a charity. A wisher could be a cause, a crisis, um, or you know, a wisher could be an influencer that's setting up a. Uh, a fundraiser for um, something else, like a, some other charity or some other crisis that happened and they have a big following and they want to just, you know, they want to activate their following um, to get behind a, a, some significant thing that happened in uh, our country. This is amazing. I'm very rarely without words, but you're leaving me just about speechless here, which is a good thing. But I have to ask you, um, can you share some examples, <clears throat> excuse me, of how donor contributions have made a tangible impact? Do you have any great stories that you can share? I'm sure you do. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the donor will always, the donor, we guarantee three things on our platform. The donors will always have the ability to get tax deductibility on any donation they make. It also works almost like uh, a DAF where we have a wallet inside of our platform. So let's just say that because crisis happens all the time, you know, you want to, and we'll take the last 10, you know, 10 days or few days of the financial giving year, which is typically the end of December, where people want to push money in, but they don't necessarily know where they want those dollars to go, but they want the tax deductibility as well. Um, they're able to put money into the wallet and have it sit there and get that tax deductibility at that time, and they can allocate those dollars later um, to whatever they want those causes to go to. And I think any, any, um, any donor that utilizes our platform will have that insight um, and always understand where those dollars go. I mean, there's there's going to be plenty of examples. Um, while we ramp this up, we we essentially been building the compliance to make sure that we check all the boxes for the card brands, um, the banks that we work with, and uh, because this is a you know, obviously this is, this model will, will disrupt the charitable giving space because it is kind of unlocking uh, the black box of what today is charitable giving. And I feel like um, whenever time you actually do true innovation, you know, innovation isn't trying to re reface, a, you know, a cell phone, a cell phone, the cell phone was the innovation, <laughs> you know, putting a, a black, um, you know, steel, um, you know, casing on a cell phone doesn't make it innovation. We actually are creating real innovation inside of the the charitable giving space, really rebuilt the financial rails to allow people to understand that charitable giving that they're doing. So anytime that you do that, uh, you essentially have lots of compliance because the banks are, they want to make sure that you're doing it right. So I feel like we have our launch date set for March 19th. And, uh, you know, we uh, essentially have been in compliance for about almost like a year to go through this process. So it's been a long, tedious process. So we'll have tons of examples. Um, we know that. Um, but really, if you think about what we're doing, it's built for donors, but it also allows nonprofits to raise more more funds. Think about if you're a nonprofit and you, you're a brand new nonprofit, 
and you don't have any track record, um, first of all, it's it's hard to raise money in this market anyways, right? No matter who, what kind of charity you are. It's really, it's almost impossible for new charities to gain traction in this market without actually showing donors what they're made of and how they're doing the business. And so if you think about uh, any mission related activities that are service orientated or products or services on the ground that need to be allocated and uh, we're, we're essentially going to be, I think, the new conduit for the donors to always understand their money and you know, really what we want to be able to do is um, prove the model that um, if donors understand where their money went and where it's going, that they would give more and more often. And we really just want those missions um, that are, you know, supported by those charities are are given the opportunity to succeed and um, new nonprofits can, can, uh, can generate a lot more dollars. And donors are really just optimistically, you know, um, enthusiastic about giving again. And I think, you know, we want to bring connection back into um, the charitable giving, the charitable giving space and uh, just not make it a, well, I think that it's going here. Well, I hope that it's going here, but just always understanding where those dollars go. And, and um, we really think that it's going to change the world of charitable giving and, and uh, create this true innovation uh, that it's been lacking inside of the charitable giving space for quite some time. I'm glad to see that you're doing this. And listen, I am natively suspicious of just about everything and everybody. <laughs> so I'm, and I'm not alone. And as the world turns, I think that used to be a soap opera, but as things change so rapidly and in many ways, we're, we're all shaking our heads going, what the heck was that? And uh-huh. we feel like, you know, hands are always out. The government's always in our pocket. Whether that's true or not, we sure feel like that's true. Sure. You know, we're being nickeled and dimed to death. But, and you've said this so many times, it's it's a heart thing. We want to give. We want to be charitable. We want to be compassionate. We also want to know that we're not being ripped off. Right, right. And so I think it's simple, actually. It's simple. I think there's there we're solving three of the biggest problems that exist, um, you know, in charitable giving. And it's it's uh, you know, last year or the year before it did, you know, we're talking about an industry that supports about 10% of the US workforce and uh generates about almost seven percent of the US GDP. And you know, it's it's the only industry that's still a black box. And uh, I think, you know, the new generation, the generation, I think it's a year, whatever they call the new generation. Um, we I all, everyone's technically, everyone's more, uh, everyone's on their, their mobile devices. You know, we didn't, I, I didn't even, cell phones didn't even exist until I was out of high school, right? And so I think, you know, these guys are, our kids have all been on cell phones since, you know, uh, middle school and, uh, you know, some fifth grade, some, a lot of these kids. And so they're just used to understanding and they want to know. And I think the future of charitable giving is transparency. And, um, we're just the first, um, uh, we're the first FinTech in, uh, to, to create it, to come up with this model. And I feel like we, because, because we, because of the impact that we think that it will potentially have, um, we definitely won't be the last, but uh, we definitely are the first. So, yeah, definitely. So, Chase, was there any kind of personal reason that you know it's something that had an impact in your life outside of knowing the technology and creating the technology, and you know wanting to know why is this a black box? Why can't we see it? Was there anything in your life that had you going? This is not right. This is going well, to change. I think, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so after I had spent. I was one of the pioneers inside of uh, the virtual credit card issuing space. So, you know, virtual credit cards, we all take it for granted now because you have your visas and MasterCards on your phone and you can spend money that way. But, you know, back in 2013, nobody even knew that this was going to exist. Right? Um, COVID really kind of pushed the envelope to making it touchless. Um, but and that's when virtual credit card technology kind of reached the consumer market. But it was really um, used, utilized in the business world um, by banks. Um and back in, you know, 2009, 2010, um, and, you know, I, I felt like 
I had spent the last like nine years solving that problem in the business world and it just hadn't reached the consumer market yet. And, uh, you know, there was just, I think back in 2021, 2020, I don't know if it was last year or the year before where there, I think it was the year before 2021, where there was just like, every time you turn on the news, there was like some new disaster. Right. And it was just, it was just constant every, every day. I was just like, man, like the world is crazy. Like, how is it? There's like a torn, there was never so many tornadoes. There was never so many hurricanes. There was never so many floods and fires. It was like every time you turn on the news, but I was just like, man, like I really want to be able to impact those people. And if you think about the big charities that are there on the ground floor and the, you know, again, this is not a bash against Red Cross. I think they're a great charity, but they're, they're also super huge. Right. And so they can't when a when a family has, let's say a single dad has three daughters or, you know, uh, a single mom has, you know, six kids, you know, or whatever, they all have different needs. You know, you can't actually give a Ziploc bag to that person and think that's going to help them. Right. Because, you know, a big charity like the Red Cross, they, they're built for the masses. So they give the same thing to everyone. Right. But how do you impact that that family or that that person that has a circumstance where they need different things. Um, the reality is, is that uh, you really can't, and there's no, there's no way to do that. And so I felt like we could solve a problem for donors to help them understand that those dollars are allocated because platforms like GoFundMe have skewed the market where you really don't trust where those dollars are going because, you know, there's, there's, you know, Netflix documentaries about how people miss, misspend funds, you know, they, they donate, they create stories on GoFundMe, about, uh, you know, some problem or some cancer or, you know, some, some health related thing that just isn't true. And it goes into a black box. And then they, then GoFundMe finds out a year later or two years later that they actually spent all that money on, you know, first class plane tickets and travel and all this stuff, you know, so, so how do you, how do you, um, how do you solve that problem where you make it easy for people to understand the dollars and and uh, really help those families that have a different need than the mass pro mass product produced uh, Ziploc bag uh, has the ability to help. And I think you know we we've been able to create a platform where we can solve that problem. And uh, for both sides of that transaction, you know that family that caused that crisis can list their specific needs, what they actually need for that mission that caused that crisis. And we can help those donors always understand that whatever they're trying to help with, hey, I want to help impact this. I want to help impact that. This, yeah, you're that. never right. You don't know what we need. Listen, yeah. I had two hurricanes clobber me in 2021, I believe it was. Two, right smack at my front door. This time they took the roof with them. One of them, I think it was Delta, just said, I'm going to take your roof. Bye. Have a nice day. Right. It wasn't as bad for me as it was for a lot of people around me. I, I mean, it, it got pretty ugly down here. Every household needs something different. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My neighbor needed help with her fence. It crushed her car. I needed help with the roof, but my insurance took care of that. Other people were flooded out. You could drive by there, you know, a week later when the water retreated and all of everything they owned was outside, including the flooring. Right. And yeah, I mean, nothing. even your house, yeah, the insurance takes care of it, but the, how long does that take, right? And forever. You, and then, yeah, forever, and then you, you have to stay in it. Exactly. <laughs> so like, yeah. So I mean, you know, I think there, there, you have insurance and you have these types of things and maybe you have, you know, other family members, but you know, um, you know, if you have a baby, you need diapers, you know, right. you need this, you need that. So like, there's just, there's just all kinds of stuff that people need and their needs are different and the mass produced uh, you know, and it's, it's nothing against them. They're built for the masses, right? Cause everybody needs to get help. Right. But they don't, yeah. they yeah. can't account for the one-offs. And I think the one-offs is the, is really where um, wishes can be super, super helpful. And um, also allow the donors to understand that they're actually making an impact instead of actually going to a Ziploc bag that maybe isn't going to help the, the family that, that needs it the most. Exactly. And since we're talking about Ziploc bags. I love that analogy. <laughs> Let's drill down into some of the categories. I'm not, I don't know if I'm even stating this correctly, but yeah. you said, you know, some people need help with their pets during right. a hurricane. I mean, the big thing around here is do not leave your pets behind. Right. Just, well, no. pets, and are, pets are part of the family, right? So, right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, so all the cat we have, we pretty much support all the categories you could possibly, you know, give to, you know, we have, you know, kids, we have toys, education, electronics, um, you know, uh, home improvement. So, you know, people's houses get blown down, they need to get lumber and sheetrock and, you know, studs and foundation cement, you know, um, all the things that like Home Depot or Lowe's or, you know, Ace Hardware or places like that can can uh, support uh, you know you have uh, you know office supplies people maybe um, have a hard time with their business um, their startup a, a young entrepreneur you have kids that need toys you have um, you know uh, of course pets right pet smart and you know all these types of retail outlets that can help um, well you know veterinarians um, doctors mm -hmm. hospitals uh, i think the list goes on and on and uh, you know the the ones so the cool thing about our platform is you know if you donate to a category specific thing like somebody's like hey listen i need help i, I need a place to stay tonight because my house burned down or hey i need a place to stay tonight because you know <laughs> i i can't pay my rent what, whatever that is and people right. want to help that story you can actually buy them a hotel room right and the cool thing about that is when you donate through wishes Um, most people get uh, rewards and cash back when they spend money on a hotel room or groceries or a restaurant or ride share. There's a lot of different bonus categories that a lot of credit cards support. You as a credit card holder can actually donate to a, a category like a hotel category, like a groceries category, and you actually can get the cash back and rebates uh, from your own credit card from going through wishes because the credit card will see it as a hotel purchase. Instead of uh, when you donate uh, to a foundational uh, or a charity, you don't typically get some a tax write-off for that or like additional cash rebates and rewards for that. So when you donate to category-specific things that have a cash incentive or cash back incentive or rewards incentive, you actually do get those rewards and cash back from your own credit card through Wishes, which is a pretty cool feature that we have that uh, also nobody else has. So you get rewards just embedded into those types of things. And if it's not uh, uh, cash back and rewards or incentivized like pets or pets could be, right? So let's just say like health related stuff. Um, it will go through just the charity bucket and uh, those those funds will be allocated. And it's almost allocated like, if you think about a gas card, right? So um, we turn those cards, we turn those, those cards can only be utilized for those specific things. Like you can't ask for help with ride share. For example, I can't need help getting back and forth to work. You know, my car broke down, right? You can't actually set up a story and get collect funds for uh, ride share and, and then not use it there. You, you actually have to use it there. Like if you ever had a gas card before, uh, gas cars are, you can't use that gas card in Macy's as an example, right? Oh, uh, that's just not right. <laughs> you no, you can't, you can't, but so, but, but if I'm you allocated it, so the way that, you know, most programs work is they're not, A merchant category code specific. So like um, if you get a card and they're like, hey, here's a hundred bucks on a card, right? Um, you could use those funds anywhere, right? Typically, but in through wishes, you're earmarked specifically for whatever it is you've asked for. So if you say, hey, listen, I need to use this money for Tommy's broken arm or, um, you know, hey, I need to use this money for uh, clothing, right? You can't then take that card and then go, you know, by a trip with it, you know, it's just, it just won't work that way. So uh, I think those are restrictions that we have inside of our platform that make it, um, make committing fraud much harder um, and uh, misusing those funds is, is much harder inside of the platform as well, so. And I think that's such an important part of what you're doing because, you know, as you've said, we don't know where that money's going. We can hope for the best, but honestly, I really don't. I just assume that at some point, some of it, if not all of it, is going to be used in a way that I probably wouldn't approve. So again, I'm very careful about who I donate to, and I tend to stay local because I can see what they're doing. Yeah. I, mean, I know that they're actually, you know, feeding the dogs or whatever it is that they're doing. And then, of course, there's Wounded Warrior and, you know, Tunnels to Towers. There's some charities that I will always, unless something goes badly wrong, I will donate to them, but given how money is flowing or not flowing into our pockets these days, we have to be careful. Right. 
You know, it's one thing to say, I want to help, I want to help, I want to help. But did you? Well, I think people want to understand how to help. They they really do want to help. Well, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, it it becomes, you know, but people are cynical, you know, and I think we've just we've just kind of grown cynical because we've heard horror stories about how funds have been misused, or you know, you go to a, um, you pull up to a charity and everybody there's a bunch of Mercedes in the parking lot, um, and you wonder, right? Well how are they all driving Mercedes or BMWs? Um, you know, and I think this is just, um, this is just something that's happened over time. It didn't used to be this way, you know, but then you hear, then there's, you hear uh, horror stories and, you know, I think this is just the natural progression um, for how charitable giving will be done in the future. And like I said, and I think that we're just the first, per we're just the first firm to crack the code and, um, I think that will be a game changer for the entire industry and uh, really create real innovation for the space. You brought up something important, and I have an animus towards welfare as it exists. I always have. To me, a charity is a helping hand. It's not a full ride for generations. And unfortunately, that happens. I live in the Deep South. Right. And it Back in the day when you had to take your little um, food stamp card or your mm -hmm. little whatever they're sorry my cat is out but um you mentioned mercedes and, and beamers yeah i would go into the grocery store i was so glad when i could get groceries delivered because i'd want to punch people they'd be in there with their expensive hair dripping with cheap gold nails buggies you know we call them buggies down here instead of shopping carts they'd bring family members and just it'd be a train of buggies and they were paying with that with my money. Yeah. And I mean, it's, me it's hard. And it's still happening. It happens all the time. And I think that's why we're so fed up. Yeah. I mean, if you were doing it, it's, it's, it's a big you, machine, right? It's my a point is, machine. can you take over the government and fix it? <laughs> well, you know, I think that it's a big machine. It's, it is hard when you have a big machine, like the government or like a big organization, it's almost impossible because because of the way that since there's been no real financial innovation in the charitable giving space for quite some time, I think the only real innovation that happened was back in 2010 when GoFundMe came to the market. But then the same problems that they had in 2010 still exist today, and they're more amplified now than they were before. And it's because they're built on old banking infrastructure that oh. really doesn't have the capability to change. And um you know, it just took it took a rebuilding of the financial infrastructure underneath to actually create the environment of transparency. And um, the players in the market today just don't have that capability to to rebuild what they have existing. So um, the more likely scenario is a, a company like like that will have to at some point come to terms with, uh, you know, being a part of or acquiring uh, something like wishes because wishes is uh, going to be the new format. I think once we start catching, catching traction, more donors um, will want to understand their dollars. I mean, if everything's created equal and you can go to, if you can go to wishes as a donor and connect to any charity that you want, any cause that you want and earn rewards, tax deductibility and transparency, and you can't get any of those things on any of the platform and there's nothing different for you in your experience, then to me, it's like, why wouldn't you, right? Right. So let me ask you this. If I go over there and I want to maybe store some donations over there, what if I don't see a charity that I really want to support and they're not there? Can I suggest one? Yes. So we're actually hoping that donors will let us know which ones are there because we're connected. The, the reality is we're connected to all of them so we can validate any of them, right? But we also can't create stories for all the charities right away, right? So if there's a charity that you want to see inside of the platform or, hey, are you guys connected here? You can actually send a request and then we would actually um, engage those particular charities and get them on the platform. And uh, that way you can allocate dollars towards whatever it is that you want. So we have the ability to connect to any charity, uh, but there's literally 1.7 million of them in the United States. And so quite frankly, we can't create stories for 1.7 million charities, but we are, we do have the ability to validate and verify all of them that exist that are actually in good standing. So I think, uh, 
yeah, we we're looking for donors to tell us which ones they want on the platform as well. And I'm I'm assuming that there are no size issues. You know, they can be a charity <laughs> of two people or a charity of, you know, 500 people working in there. Did I lose you? New charities, I think this is we're a great platform for that too because they have the ability to show transparency right away and gain traction from donors that want to support that mission, but don't necessarily trust the nonprofit because they have no track record, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that becomes a great uh, starter for nonprofits that are just getting going because they can actually always show that what they're doing with their dollars and start gaining an audience. And, and then also for them, they're also opening up their charity to a bunch of new donors that they currently don't have access to. So, um, you know, because we're going to bring a lot of donors to the table that want that transparency. And so, you know, those stories will be seen by donors that uh, didn't know they existed before. Right. Uh, because, like I said, in the sea of 1.7 million charities in the United States, it's hard to get noticed, especially if you're new. Exactly. I want to ask you, what do you I mean, you've been building this for a while. What do you think some of your biggest achievements are? Um, well, I think, you know, getting through. Uh, the gauntlet of compliance that you know we've 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 gone through it's a lot harder so this is my second fintech um you know that i built in the compliance the very first time around back in 2015 2016 was much more uh it was a lot easier um, than it is these days and i think it's because a lot of uh, cryptocurrency platforms um you know that we've all seen in the news recently that didn't have compliance uh created uh, a lot of turmoil for the banks and so the banks basically are um, doing a lot more due diligence. They're doing a lot more, um, you know, stability checks basically on the platforms that are coming to market. So I think going through that gauntlet was um, was a big deal. Um, and I think, you know, being able to create this this new model um, where we really have an opportunity to change the space is um, it's a big deal. So, you know, having our, our deadlines and our 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 launch dates here in the end of March, um, you know, finally getting some, uh, some solid uh, dates that we can stand behind um, is, is a big deal. So we're just super excited to, to launch the platform. And we hope that uh, the donors are as well. We've done a bunch of tests in the market and, you know, donors are really thirsty for this. And I think we've had, a, a, you know, hundreds of thousands of nonprofits actually raise their hands and say, Hey, we want to do this as well. So, you know, our wait list is growing, um, you know, daily and, uh, we're just excited to, to push this out into the market and make it a, make it a, a household name. Exciting. You mentioned crypto. Is that going to be something that down the road or now people can actually donate using cryptocurrencies? Yeah. So our, our, our engineering team has built a lot of uh, platforms inside of the blockchain and, and uh, crypto space. Um, I think the thing about um, crypto is that it's not a mainstream thing. So, you know, the, we didn't want to change user behavior. User behavior today uh, that exists is people get cards on their phone. They can spend it on their phone. They can go shopping online instantly with credit cards and every retailer accepts them, you know, so we didn't change user behavior to build this uh, this model. And I think that's why it will be very successful is because the user behavior doesn't require any change from anyone that uses it. Uh, but obviously uh, crypto and, and blockchain, that's all part of our infrastructure. And it's something that we anticipate utilizing internationally um, to move funds because specifically the Starlink networks and things like this, they don't you know, when you're in Africa, people aren't using credit cards out there, you know, um, but they all, they all use dollars. It, you can, you can change, you can push money um, onto the, uh, through the cell phone networks through, through blockchain and uh, oh, we, okay. we use it that way. So. See, I had no idea, but I know little to nothing about crypto. <laughs> well, most people don't. And I think that's, it's not mainstream. So, you yeah. know, if, if we built our platform on blockchain, um, unfortunately, it just wouldn't work because we wouldn't get traction. People wouldn't utilize it as much. And I think um, we wanted we wanted to be able to talk to the masses. And um, we built a platform that allows us to be relevant today um, and with the capability to be relevant tomorrow, because I do believe all currency will be digitized at some point um, in the future. But if you think about how credit cards work, right, what's the big thing about blockchain? Blockchain says, hey, well, 
we're creating ledgers on both sides of the transaction. Well, what does what does credit cards do? Credit cards have been using blockchain for forty years, right? What when you go to spend money at the supermarket, do you instantly see it um, <laughs> online through your credit card? The answer is yes, because oh yeah, I get a text. Are you kidding? Exactly. So <laughs> you know, so what is that? It's a ledger, right? But because we're the card issuer. Um, to the wishers, we actually always understand those transactions. We're creating ledgers every single time a transaction is done. So um, there's always evidence, there's always proof, um, and it's real time, and it's um, it's right now. So that's really amazing. So I have one last question, and this is actually something that because we're running out of time, sadly, but this is something that you and I had talked about during our pre-interview. And you had mentioned that Wishes aims to create a more connected future for humanity through its platform. Yeah. I think we've touched on that a bit, but can you clarify? Well, I think the connection that's missing inside of charitable giving is that when you give, um, you never understand, um, right? We we want to, we all want to connect as humans. Like part of being a human is connection, you know. And I I'm one of those guys that I can isolate forever, but you know. <laughs> But the reality is, is that when I'm with people and I'm connected, I'm much happier. And I think we all strive to be a part of, we all want to, you know, help and, you know, it makes us feel good and it feels good to be connected. And if you're giving and you never understand, there is no connection. I think we wanted to build the connection and charitable giving where people can understand. They can always, they can build, we can build communities. We can, people can help, people can be a part of and um and really feel good about you know the donations and impact that they're making and i think that's really what we're trying to do is like when people understand there's a connection there's a bond there you know you you when you help someone in need and you understand that you impacted their family and they're appreciative of that and they can tell you what, how they spent that money i think that that creates a connection um that'll never be broken and i think you know there will always be that moment you know and, and life is just a life as we know, it is just a series of moments that happens, you know, and we want to make those moments count and uh, build that connection between um, between the humans um, on this planet. So anyone can help anyone and, you know, uh, build a, a special moment that they can always remember. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be an ongoing, well, you, you know, you helped me once. Can you do it again? Right. Well, I think if you look at, if you look at, uh, if you, if you look at, uh, how charities raise money today. Um, you know, when charities raise money today, um, they raise money and they say, Hey, thank you. Thank you for this money. Then they come back to you again and say, Hey, but they can't show you what they did with the money. Right. Exactly. What, how much easier is that conversation to re-engage a donor that gave to a campaign before and say, Hey, look, look what we did with your money. Look how it was spent. Can you help support this one? You know, that's a much easier conversation for a nonprofit or a charity or a cause to have when they can show how those dollars are spent. It's a lot easier to ask for money again when you can actually show what you did with the dollars last time. That didn't just land in a black hole. I mean, right. it, yes, it, I, it, it, the impact you made. Like, right, we appreciate right. that. We, we're making, we're doing this other thing and we'd love you to be a part of it. That's a much easier conversation for a nonprofit to have than to just go back and ask that guy for money again and not be able to tell them what you did with it. Yeah. You don't want, you know, to find out that they bought toilet paper for their office with it. I mean, it's you just, just, but you just don't know, on. but the conversation is still the same. You know, it's like, Hey, right. we need money again, but this time it'd be, Hey, we, we need money again for this, but look what you did last time. We really appreciate that support. And the, we, you really did make a difference and you can show that that's, that's a different conversation. It is. And, you know, honestly, when, we know that we're making an impact and this has nothing to do with charity. Although my brother was a double lung transplant patient and he lived an extra eight years. So thank God for that. But you'll hear stories. I saw one this morning, which made me think of it. And it's not charitable, but it's the impact that you're talking about. That's so important. And there was right. a young bride and this man was walking her down the aisle. Her dad had died, but this man had his heart. That's impact. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's just, that's the connection, right? Understanding is, uh, and that's, that brings us back to the thesis is that people understand, they feel connected, they feel a part of, and they're, they're happy to help again and give more next time, potentially, right? And uh, that's the theory that we're set up to prove. I think you've already proved it as far as I'm concerned. Chase, <laughs> before I let you go, I sincerely appreciate your company. Do you have any last thoughts to share? And how can uh, we connect with you? 
Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in connecting on wishes, whether you're a wisher, whether you're a business, a retailer that wants to get into our shopping portal or a donor that wants to get on the wait list, um, you know, we're set for a launch um, in late March and we'd love you to be a part of it. So you can go to wishes.inc, wishes Inc. and uh, join one of the wait lists. Uh, you can join a wait list there and uh, we will keep you in the know and let you know uh, the timelines. And that's how you can get or you can reach me on LinkedIn directly. Chase Harmer on LinkedIn, uh, look me up, love, happy to speak with you if you'd like to have a more in-depth conversation, but uh, just an uh, honor to be here and uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the support and the opportunity to, to talk with you guys today. So It's my pleasure. And listen, when you are launched, send me a note and I'll get it out there for you. Will do. Will yeah, do. Email me or call me. Well, listen, everybody, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot. So if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input really is vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with friends and colleagues. And be sure to go find Chase Harmer on the web and connect with him and go to Wishes and take a good long look at that. So thank you for tuning in, everybody, and I will see you next week. Again, Chase, thank you so much. Thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.